This is the Reclaiming Families podcast. It is our goal to expose the lies that undermine, erode, and destroy the family while discovering and reclaiming God's design for gender, marriage, family, and sexuality. So join us for open conversation about the struggles and joys of reclaiming families. All right, welcome to another episode of Reclaiming Families. We are so glad you're here to yes. join us in this conversation. We're uh, really having conversations about um, ways that we can be better parents, that I can be a better man, that Hillary can be a better wife. Yep. And uh, we're so glad you get to join in on some of these conversations. Yeah. And so I am very excited about this episode in particular. Um, because we get to have some of our good friends, Matt and Rachel Escher, on the show with us. And so I've known Rachel now for, I don't know how long I've known Rachel actually, but uh, a little while ago I talked about how there's some women in my life that just have played such an influential role in my walk with Jesus. And Rachel is one of those women. So I met Rachel my sophomore year of college. Well, I met her before then, but I became friends with her my sophomore year of college and she discipled me in college and we um, were really great friends. She taught me how to share my faith and she taught me how to memorize scripture and different things like that. But really she um, helped me to understand the simplicity of the gospel. And it's something that Rachel and Matt still in their lives today do really well. Something really neat about Rachel and Matt is that they are constantly trying to organize their life in a way to be on mission and to be sharing the gospel and investing in other people. And so that's what we're excited to talk with them about. Um, but Rachel, Matt, welcome to the Reclaiming Families podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're, thank uh, you. Honored to be your guest. So. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking about living missionally. What does living missionally mean to you guys? Um. Yeah, I think in general for us, it's just living intentionally with purpose, you know, with the, the idea of, yeah, bringing the gospel, the good news to people around us and mm-hmm. into our community, our neighborhood, into the workplace. Um, and yeah, we believe that uh, on some level, all Christians are called to that, but um, that's just something that, that uh, we just... I guess, keep in mind in, in our day-to-day life and something that we, we try to be intentional about. So. so in light of that, how did y'all kind of become convinced of living missionally? Um, yeah, it's funny, Matt and I sort of come from two different places when it comes to this. I think um, I grew up in a church and in a small town, went to church every week. Um, but at least the way I thought growing up is, you either grow up a Christian or you don't grow up a Christian. And so I remember um, later in probably my teenage years, just sort of discovering, I probably knew with my head that I'd never really discovered that people really do come to Christ later in life and have radical transformations. Mm. And I experienced that for the first time, um, at least that I can remember, probably around 17 or 18. And I was just, Totally fascinated by the fact that someone could um, just not grow up a Christian, but could um, instead become a Christian later on in life. 
Paul lived initially and called us to do the same. And I just remember being fascinated by the idea and feeling a calling to share the gospel and go on mission. And I remember just feeling, um, yeah, just really drawn to how will they know unless someone tells them, you know, Romans 10. Yeah. Um, and, and I felt a personal conviction, you know, like, uh, well, who are the people that I should tell? And, uh, I really wanted to do that. I really felt like people need to know about Jesus. They need to know about the gospel. And, and I just felt personally called to do that. From there, I got involved with campus outreach. Um, it was, it was just amazing because, um, getting involved with campus outreach, um, it was just a perfect fit for me because that was a lot of what they were teaching in that ministry is yeah. how to, how to share your faith and how to make Christ known. Cool. Sorry, that was long-winded. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I grew up in a family, uh, a non-believing family. And so I really, a lot of my childhood, even my dad was pretty distant. Um, and so I really felt like, sort of like I was trying to figure out a big world on my own. And I was really, frankly, in a lot of ways, kind of terrified of failure, terrified of, I don't know, all the possibilities as well. So I was just trying to live a pretty comfortable yeah. life as best I could. And, uh, um, but I really had no direction for my life. And I really had not a lot of hope for my life. Um, and really, I think that left me with a, a lot of emptiness uh, and sort of a hollow shell of a life and so for me it was uh the time when i was had moved out of my parents house and was living in peoria by myself where where it was really kind of a, a period where god started to work on my heart and reveal a lot of those things and uh, causing me to kind of question or deal with them um and so god used a, a variety of things uh, resources and and uh books and radio broadcasts not things like that, that i won't go into detail on but the one one of the more uh, powerful tools that God used in my life was Christian community, mm-hmm. and used it in a very profound way, and um, both to sharpen me and teach me truth, but um, I think also to communicate the love of Christ and the um, maybe familial aspects of the Christian um, community and Christian life, being a family. Um, where uh, the, the the actually the the guys that I had met originally were from actually had graduated college and had gone through campus outreach, um, and they had worked in my workplace, and so I ended up through you know a few different uh, through their uh, young adult ministry program. They played volleyball, ultimate frisbee, stuff like that, and I had started coming along to play with those guys and. Uh, Anyways, so the, the unique thing was that they sort of in, in invited me into their life or vice versa, however you want to look at it. But they just were very intentional about getting to know me. And that was sort of a very unique thing in my life that somebody would take an interest in and a care about me. And then uh, I there was uh, one of the young adult um, meetings and they were starting the discipleship groups, which I had no idea what that was at the time. And, they sort of asked if he had anybody we were walking through life with. And I said, I really don't. And I was kind of embarrassed to say it. And uh, the guy, Bryant, 
who uh, ended up discipling me just put his hand on my shoulder and he said, we'll take care of that. And that sort of, for me, was a very powerful time in my life where he just walked alongside of me, helped me along, taught me the faith spiritually, mm-hmm. um, helped me along, uh, helped me to understand the gospel. And so, um, so anyways, I think, you know, the elements of understanding the gospel, understanding the truth, and also doing it in a way that, that is, uh, I, I would say, sacrificial, loving, um, and brotherly um, were pretty impactful for me. The big thing for me was community and seeing all these different men who were intentional with me and intentional with others. And that was just impactful. So. I sort of want to replicate that to bring people to a saving faith in Christ and to just yeah help them um, come to know the gospel. That's good. Yeah, that's that's encouraging. I uh, you know, I was just thinking too of like your know, family just is a it's like a byproduct of the gospel. You know, yeah. and so it's like the gospel is primary and uh I was like, that's, you know, I was just thinking through this. I like, guess one of the most powerful reasons of why, you know, live missionally is because, hey, we're building a foundation. Uh, like family is lived out of God's design. And so if we don't know God's design, if we don't know God, you know, we don't know his design. And so, yeah, I think definitely living missionally is it's the bedrock. It's the knowing God is the foundation. And, and like you said, uh, Rachel's like, how do you know if you're not told? Right, and listen, we go. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's very encouraging. Yeah, and it sounds like the big thing that you know has convinced you all to live missionally is that other people lived missionally, and you all, you know, the Lord used them in your lives, and so yeah. you became Christians, and now you're wanting to to do that with others, so that others can know Jesus and have the joy of knowing Him. Um, but something that just sticks out to me is, you know, you're, you both in your stories were talking about how you became really convinced of living missionally as single people. And then, you know, you got married and you learned how to do mission, um, as a married couple and now you have children. And so I'm wondering like what that transition has looked like as far as missional living goes and how you've kind of figured out how you're going to do things and how you have done things. Um, I think all along the way, a lot of living mission for us has been just doing it with the people that God puts around us. And so obviously that group of people is different. You know, our neighbors have been different along the way. Our coworkers have been different along the way. Our, um, just natural community, you know, whether it's people we work out with or people we, you know, do activities with, um, that basically those, those things have changed, but the, the common thread is that that's what we're doing. We're just trying to see who God is putting into our world and, and spend time with them and show interest in them, uh, and love, love our neighbors, you know, Love our literal neighbors and then love the neighbors that got and that works with and the neighbors that I do play dates with now that I'm a mom. Um, so we're just yeah, trying to spend a lot of time with people and and focus on the people that God has put around us. Um, just do life with people. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I was I was just thinking of like 
Yeah, when we talk about mission, sometimes it seems like people are projects kind of deal yeah. or something like that. And and uh, it's like, oh, it's my my job to convert you. Or, you know, I can, it's, I'll, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. I'm going to try to get you there. And if I don't get you there, then I drop you. Or, yeah, it might seem like... Um, to someone that doesn't understand and they hear that, it could seem like, yeah. oh, well, what am I, you know? Yeah. But it sounds like from you all, it's that, hey, that you know and you have a relationship with the Lord and you love people. You you see potential that maybe other people don't see in, uh, in themselves that, hey, if this person would come to know the Lord, they would know the God that made them and um, they would be better co-workers, better fathers, better mothers. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a love that compels, sounds like you toward mission of your, your neighbors, your friends. And would you say, is that accurate? Yeah, I would, I would say so. I mean, I, I there's always gotta be some level of intentionality there, you know, and, and I, but I have a much heavier proclivity to lean on the more authentic side, but take the, take the intentionality where it's necessary. And like, it's, it's, it's certainly easy to fall on the other side of the spectrum and just find yourself hanging out with people without maybe having those conversations. Because the reality is, um, for the most part, if you're with somebody who's, you know, you know, is not a Christian to just really have a deep spiritual conversation, there's certainly going to be times when that's just going to happen, but there's going to be a lot more times when, you sort of just got to think ahead to have that dialogue with somebody. And that, that doesn't, you know, just like uh, I might have to have a conversation with Rachel about a trip that we're going to have or about, uh, you know, our kids or whatever it is. That doesn't mean that it's not, she's not like my wife or my family or that I don't love her just because I'm not yeah. having a conversation. But I sort of think I always want to balance that out with, you know, relational deposits. Mm that uh, really show that that I want to be convinced myself, I guess, that I'm living sacrificially for this person such that uh, that it's uh, that it's much, it's more than just, yeah, like you said, a project. That's good. It is, and uh, I just think if I, if I want to be comfortable, I'm going to just hang out with people that are easy to hang out with. I'm never going to address deeper issues. Um, or say hard things but if I really want to love people what is the best way to love people it is to be intentional with them and to seek them out and to want to have deeper conversations and not just deeper conversations for the sake of deeper conversations but ultimately you know we're just convinced that um, well I'll just quote a verse from, from Matthew 9 it says Jesus looked into the crowds and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd um, and so I think that we can look around and see that as well. You know, the people that we spend time with are like sheep without a shepherd if they don't know Christ. That's good. And we want to see that with compassion and, and genuine love. Obviously, we want genuine love to motivate us and genuine compassion and just knowing um, someone may be fine on the outside or they may be fine temporarily, but if they don't know Christ, they're not fine. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a deep need for Christ and if, if that's not a felt need now it will be a felt need later yeah. um, it's an e- eternal need you know and so so love will drive us to do the hard thing even if it doesn't feel 
necessarily natural or even if it doesn't feel the most loving at the time or as we're spending time with people god is giving us a genuine love for them um and brought numerous people we would say they're part of our family brought numerous people into our family that we we call family and just pray that those opportunities friends more than oh you come up and hang out with us and you eat burgers with us but we want it to be that you know that we are just pointing you to truth and sharing Christ with people. And so some of that is just waiting for God to open up the right opportunities. And yeah. Yeah. You know, even as you like say those things, it's really easy for me, like kind of going back to those transitions a little bit, like it's easy for me to think of myself, you know, as single or, you know, when Randy's at work and I just kind of do whatever I want. And if I want to go, you know, sit by a pool and have a conversation with someone or, you know, go like just invest in other people, then I just feel like I had so much more free time. But I think since having a baby, it's been a lot more of a struggle for me. I think it's been a more of a struggle for both of us. Um, and so, I guess I kind of asked this question to, to help me be convinced more. Like, I think I would say I'm convinced, but like my actions are not always living it out, especially in this season. And so why is it important to you guys to be on mission as a family? Yeah. I mean, you know, just to, just to get the basics, I guess. It's just, I mean, living on mission is gives glory to God, right? That, we're living for his purposes. We're sharing the good news about him. Um, in a sense, it's it's a form of praise that he's worth uh, worth sharing with people um, around us. Um, and, and it's also just really fulfilling for us yeah. and hopefully for our entire family that, that it's something that, that we want to do, that we long to do, that, that both both to give God glory, but also just when you when you think about those family or familial tones of we want our family to grow we want our family to grow bigger we want there to be more worshipers of god and so um i mean I, I, maybe i need to make sure to tie this back to the family but those are some pretty general reasons that i think motivate us and encourage us uh, even for i guess our family as a whole you just you when we're living on mission we're sort of operating as a team. I think it unifies us. It strengthens us. It challenges us. It helps us to grow. I mean, I think even to go back to the having intentional conversations, it's actually really, well, it's really easy for me to be like, hey, have you had this conversation with your friend to Rachel, right? And But then she can ask me the same, whereas maybe I'm lost in the relationship. She's on the outside, so it's easy. So you work as a team, and that's not only effective, but it's obviously encouraging. Um, because uh, for your family to be unified, you want to be having a unified mission and purpose in mind. So I, I think it also helps to challenge, grow, and stretch us uh, in our own understanding of the gospel and, and in not just our understanding, but our trust of the gospel and our belief that God uh, can use us, will accomplish his purposes. And so uh, we want to strive to do that as a family um, and encourage each other in that. Yeah, and you just think about, you know, even raising your kids and nurturing out of the mission of the Lord. And just for your kids, I think a lot of what you learn when you're a kid is just caught by what your parents do. Just yeah. Your character, your priorities. Yeah. 
Um, and again, tying that back to not just that people are all projects and we're better than them, but uh, that, yeah, we have just a genuine care and concern for people. And so I think hopefully that will be something that would be impact, impactful for our kids to, to see and to learn and to grow from, and then also to, uh, to recognize the deep roots of the faith. So your kids are young right now, like you just mentioned. I'm like, do you have conversations with them about living missionally and why you do the things that you do, or like, what does that look like? If so, yeah, I don't think we're really at that point yet with Tobin, so to speak. But I mean, he's four, um, so I think <laughs> I would then maybe you could tell you'd say different, but. I mean, I, I don't necessarily think about the conversations we have with him, but I think the way he lights up and when people come over to the house and he knows the names of our friends. And That's cool. He, they're all, you know, when's my friend, you know, so-and-so coming over. Um, so I, I love that he just <laughs> so great at welcoming people into the family. And so that's just a common thing for him, you know, for, for us to do life with people. Yeah, one of the... One of the things that Rachel taught me early on in our marriage was that the biggest compliment you can pay somebody is to enjoy it. And yeah. so I think just teaching those kinds of things at this point are sort of where we're at. It's just teaching him how to love people, how to care for his friends and, and things like that. And that'll ultimately hopefully spill over into the missional, more direct you know, gospel <laughs> application there. So that's cool. But I do think about the verse he's been, he memorized that he's um, been pretty proud to quote is come Jesus said come follow me and I'll show you how to fish for men uh, and he says that was a lot of enthusiasm and you know obviously he doesn't really understand what that means but that's what they're teaching him at church that's what we're teaching him is that when we follow Jesus we learn how to fish for men you know that's cool. so he'll make those connections I know he'll make those connections you know as he as he grows up but so yeah neat. yeah absolutely I, it's, it's wild to you know, time will tell. We'll watch him grow up and uh, see, you know, see how he, how he matures. What are some sacrifices that you have to make in order to live missionally? Um, yeah, I mean, I think just to say the cliche thing, that there's no real sacrifice when you're living missionally. But I think to get to the point of your question, I think it is, uh, I think, Maybe some of the things that we have maybe sacrificed, if you want to say it that way, I, I feel like sacrifice might be a strong word in this case, but just sort of being intentional at least is, I guess, uh, neighborhood that we live in. That's a, we, we chose to live in this neighborhood because I guess we felt that the people in the neighborhood would be uh, fit sort of a demographic of our age. Um, a lot of young families, either old families moving out or young families coming in. And so we thought that it, it was a good good place to live so that we could try to reach in our neighbors and be friends with our neighbors. And uh, uh, so that would be one thing. I think also being in proximity to some friends of ours, that was a reason we chose to live in this neighborhood because when you're on mission, it's you know, ideal if you can have more people on your team than just your family. And so... That, that weighed into our decision as well. Um, and uh, obviously proximity to church, you know, that's that's something that's worth, worth uh, being close to. I was just thinking, um, we've seen, we've seen, 
many people come to Christ, and I'm not saying like this week or even this year, but just in the course of our, even since we've been there, we've seen even Matt, you know, Matt came to Christ. I remember that as a, you know, a few years ago, I remember seeing him from afar become a Christian. And I was just thinking, friend groups change as people come into it. You know, you might yeah, have, right. um, a, recently a friend of mine was like, can you believe that Bible study? They've been meeting together for 25 years. Um, can you believe, you know, that they have lasted that long for 25 years? And, and my thought was, ah, well, has it not changed in 25 years? Um, yeah. <laughs> and maybe that's a, I don't mean to be critical because obviously that's a really sweet thing that this group has met for 25 years. But I think one thing to answer your question that I thought of is sometimes you just sacrifice being in the same group for 25 years, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think growing pains is something, you know, spiritual or community growing pains is something I've experienced time after time. Yeah. Um, Our pastor calls that the gospel goodbye. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I guess it kind of sounds like if you were to sum up the sacrifices, it's, you know, Matt, you mentioned the not being able to just, you know, I like this house, I'm going to move into this house, but having to have the intentionality of, okay, but that house is not in a neighborhood where the neighbors are in the yard and that are like, we could be friends with. And so it's just, you're sacrificing the ease of decision-making because everything has a level of intentionality behind it so that you can move into a direction of, into a gospel direction. So you mentioned that you mentioned, you know, Rachel, you were just talking about kind of, it's easier to be friends with people who approve of you really easily. Um, And then you also, and so coming, being missional and that sort of thing, it just puts you open to not be approved of. And so that is a sacrifice because it would be easier to just hang out where you always know like, okay, I don't have to do a hard thing. I can just, you know, have fun, let our kids play and laugh. But you're saying I'm going to open myself up to possibly not be approved of. And then you also mentioned those gospel goodbyes where it would be really sweet to have the same, you know, community group for 25 years Um, And that's something we've experienced in our community group where it's kind of like, whoa, 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 it's shifting. You know, we started uh, a community group when we first got married. It was, I guess, three years ago. And it's taken on so many new forms and it looks nothing like it did when we first started. And, you know, there's part of it that's like, I want it, like I missed that. And there's also part of it to where it's like, it's such a sweet, like almost an adventure to see what's the new page that's going to unturn. And so it was good to hear you guys talk about some of those sacrifices and we are getting close on time, but we have a few other questions that, um, we'd like to hear you hear from you guys on. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So one of them is how do you balance time as a family work church? Um, and then, you know, your, your mission life. Yeah, that, that's, you know, always a gray area, always a difficult balance with any of those things. But I think, you know, one one piece of advice that I think has been passed along is just that, uh, you know, obviously you want to serve and you want to help in every capacity you can, but sometimes you just got to say no to certain commitments. And 
Um, even if they're good commitments, you know, the problem is there's too many good things to do. And yeah. So, and you know, I, I even, we've been talking, I don't want to get too sidetracked, but we, you know, there's, we've heard podcasts and people talking about, you know, sports and kids getting involved in sports and all these leagues. And you feel like you're going to have to sacrifice your kids, great talents. If you take them out of basketball league and then they're baseball league and all that sort of thing. So I think even those things really have to be mindful of. How do we really not give into this temptation to believe that the most valuable thing I can be doing is my kid playing baseball and being praised and being successful yeah. and finding his, uh, his or her, you know, identity, but even security. I think we could think as parents like, well, I want to set my kid up well, so I want them to be successful in the sport and get the scholarship and all those types of things. But really the more, and there are obviously values you learn from baseball or basketball or all those types of things playing on a team, but you know, missional values that you can instill in your family, I will say are more valuable in the long run. And so saying, saying no to certain things, whether it's from the church or whether it's from just the world um, involvement in community and things like that. Um, but I think also just trying to see family um, and mission as complementary more so than contradictory. Um, so don't necessarily just try to categorize this is a missional activity and this is maybe a family activity. Um, I think Rachel does a really good job of this uh, when she's at home during the day with the kids, that she goes on a lot of play dates. Um, I guess we're all probably various forms of play dates, um, maybe is what you call it, but just hanging out with moms, um, inviting new moms to, to events and so and so. You know, in that having dialogue, having intentional conversations with people, which, you know, have led to getting people in the doors of our church into our Sunday school class, into her Bible study, into my Bible study. And so, yeah, I think just taking the time is an opportunity that you have. You know, for me, it's sometimes it's I have a project that I'm working on, so I'll invite one of my coworkers who's not a Christian over to work with me, and that just gives me some time to bond with him to talk talk to him. So just finding those, those areas of life that you're already doing, you're already spending time on and invite, invite other, other people in, um, into that. Um, you know, I think also on that same note, is just trying to be on mission where we work and play. I think we talked about that to some extent, but yeah. you know, we're trying to be a mission in our community with our neighbors, um, uh, with, you know, these groups that, and relationships that we're a part of. And so uh, not trying to stretch ourselves too thin, but but really investing in the areas that, that we're at. Um, and, oh, I heard uh, once, how can you be, how can you love your neighbors if you're not home? And so I think that's something, as much as we love being involved in things, I think the thing we're always trying to work towards is being home and just not having any plans. I think God works in the, spontaneity and in not having plans god god really uses that time for us to just say hey what are you doing right now come over you know we've got burgers frozen burgers in the freezer and or you know we don't have anything going on let's just do something right now and that kind of goes into our next question which is what does it look like practically for you all to live in on mission and how do you involve your children in that but I guess I'm wondering, so you're talking about being like not being at home and not having plans, which is kind of the opposite of what I would expect yeah, you to I was say. Like, I was <laughs> and so 
like what does that look like practically involving your kids in mission to kind of combine that question into one but like how does not having plans and the spontaneity of that help you missionally <laughs> i mean well, i think yeah. oh. <laughs> well i married a very spontaneous wife so you did, it may yeah. not work so well if you don't have a very spontaneous personality in your marriage which, which i do but the secret to our spontaneity, so this is the, probably the most practical, and Rachel kind of just alluded to it, is having in your freezer a bag of frozen hamburgers. <laughs> because that, you know, when you got a down moment, you got a down night, just invite people over and have dinner. And if you got frozen hamburgers, patties, you can always throw them on the ground. So, that's is that the answer the, you were looking for? <laughs> so, practically speaking, yeah, have an easy space. meal that can feed a lot of people on hand. Yeah. Yeah, just basically having the open space to invite people into what you're doing, I think, is how, how that works out. Um, and you did you have something to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I think I think nights of no plans, it's not that I, I want to sit at home and have no plans. It's that I want a night free to be, to say, hey, call so-and-so, let's meet him at the park. Or, hey, see if the neighbors want to come over. And, and we've done plenty of spontaneous things with our neighbors just because just because we're free you know so so it's not that we don't want to do anything it's that we just want the time to think spontaneously what you know have i i used to think about having neighbors over at four o'clock in the afternoon just because we're home and invite the neighbors over for popsicles you know so um yeah i think i think if we just stay busy there's not space to think about that or um you know, this is maybe a practical thing. I don't know if y'all do this, but um, we're going to put this as a resource on our website uh, this week too. But, you know, I've been at your house before in your married life and you have a bunch of popsicles sticks on the table. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. That tell, is a good one. Tell us about yeah, those. Our question jar. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it really, we haven't pulled that pulled it out in a while, which we need to, but it, that is just a great way to just, start conversations that would pretty that would come unnatural otherwise because it's not like you sit around the table and have dinner and just pop the question of hey what are the things you're you know what are your discouragements from the week um that would be a pretty awkward question to just ask somebody straightforward <laughs> but it's one of the questions in the questions are like what um what's a, a joy from the week what's a discouragement from the week what's something you're fearful of right now what's uh, how would you like to describe yourself? Um, what are um, simple pleasures of yours? I think those, those it, it really is. Well, it was just really funny. Uh, a few years ago, we were having, we had all of Matt's, co or a handful of Matt's coworkers over, and they're all engineers, these guys, and it blew my mind how much they love that question chart. <laughs> you got these guys who would not, you wouldn't expect them to really want to go deep. And I just remember sitting there, around and this guy talking about his insecurities from high school and I'm just thinking how did we get here you know uh, so the question jar this is really good I'm glad you brought that up that, yeah. that is just a great tool for getting people to start talking about things that where you wouldn't normally talk about so that's cool I yeah. think but, but you don't need the question jar I think that that's important to say too yeah I think um I think as I've gotten older I just value significant conversations so much i value people wanting to go deep with me and there's something about just staying on the surface that just is 
I don't know. I just don't want to stay on the surface. Let's talk about more than the weather. But I think what people really want is for you to ask deeper questions, like um, like heart level questions. People really do want that. Yeah. And we are running out of time, so this might be the last question. That's right. Okay. What's a What's a good first step for a family who wants to be on mission but doesn't quite know where to start? I would say spend time with people. I'm curious what Matt's thinking. I'm not sure he'll have a different answer, but I think just spend time with people because so much is caught from your life. If I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not someone who says, don't ever speak words. Because I do think, how will they know unless someone tells them? You know, right. Romans 10, I think that we do um, need to use words. We do need to share the gospel. Faith comes by hearing that is hearing the good news about Christ, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so I think God uses us in sharing. And so it's, plenty of non-Christians live nice, clean lives and are nice. So I think we need to we do need to do more than just be nice people around people. Um, but I would say that's a starting place, you know, just inviting people into your world, caring about them, genuinely care about people. I, I remember a friend telling me a long time ago, um, people love talking about themselves. And so that's a place to start asking about, you know, figure out what are they excited to talk about and talk about it with them. If yeah. they're excited to talk. Matt gets excited to talk about things like engines and <laughs> motors. <laughs> motors. <laughs> and so we talk about those things. Actually, no, I probably don't talk about them enough. But, I don't um, talk about those things yeah. either. <laughs> but yeah, you just figure out what the thing is that lights somebody up. So they're like, yes, you figured out the topic I want to talk about. I'm going to talk about it, you know. That's so good. I think those are two things. Just spending time with people and talking, showing interest in their lives and the things they're excited about in a starting place. Yeah, I think that in any relationship, it's just good to be thinking about, you know, you want, you want, you make some relational deposits, but at some point, you just got to ask some, you know, hard or deep question, you know, so if you're young, if you're wanting to share your faith, you're not sure how, I don't know, I just encourage you to just to ask somebody about the spiritual life, uh, or what they find open, uh, uh, what, what, yeah, what's their, yeah, what is their, basically just trying to figure out and asking, hey, well, what, what do you believe? What is your core purpose in life? And I think you'd be really surprised how many people you ask that they might just say, I don't know, you know, and they might just say, well, what do you believe? Or you can just, you can start to kind of chisel away it. They're just like anybody. Right? A lot of people are either really prideful and yeah, they may not have that conversation or there's going to be a lot of people that just frankly, that question makes them really curious. Or they realize their answer, you know, maybe they're going to fake it to the make it, you know, or something like that. Maybe their genuine answer is to have a lot of fun and live a happy life and try to make it to the top, you know, but they're, as they're saying it, they're going to realize the holes in that, you know, that's not really going to satisfy for long. Um, And then another thing I was thinking is, you're the way you you can talk about God without necessarily sharing the gospel. You can talk about God's work in your life, um, and I think even spark a curiosity. Um, no one can deny. You may be intimidated to say, "Okay, you, you know the Bible's true, and I'm ready to prove it." Yeah. Because how many people are prepared to talk about how the Bible is true, and you know, and or you know that it is what's the word? Um, shoot, I can't think of it. But anyway, 
uh, it's just going to be hard to even say God is real and I'm, I have all these things to prove. I think those, this kind of topic is going to be intimidating. And I think some of us be fearful to even go there feeling like we are not going to have all the evidence to back up what we're saying. Um, but no one can deny God's work in my life. Yeah. Um, and so I can talk about that all day long and give praise to God for what he's done in my life. And so I think that's another starting place. Yeah, one more thing real quick here is just, I think, uh, yeah, it, I think you just try to, or make sure or strive to be in community to bring other people around you, right? Don't do it alone. I mean, absolutely. If you're excited about it, find other people who are excited about it, pray for one another, encourage one another, challenge one another. I, I really think that's, that'll go a long way as well. So. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. You know, it's even cool. I think there's been a lot of conversations in my own life recently that I feel like have been just convicting to me, but also like giving me more practicals of like, okay, this is what this can and even should look like in this season. So, well, as we wrap things up here, is there anything else that you would like to leave us with? Sorry. Um, yeah, I was just thinking earlier today, I was like, who are we to talk about these things? I just want to acknowledge, like, Matt and I are far from, like, be, even being good at this. You know, I don't think we're, we've are we come to some level of being good at this. I don't think, yeah, I think that we, we don't know what we're doing. And so I'm thinking, you know, we're going to have two types of listeners, people that either look at us like, wow, they are amazing doing things I would never do or we're going to have listeners that are like wow we do this way better than them who are they to be on this podcast right and so I just think I had to just um just think about that today and think well we're not we're not on this podcast to say look at us and all we're doing um and or you know anything like that we're not looking we're not we're not wanting to say everybody's you know start doing what we're doing um we're just we're we're just wanting to proclaim like God has given us just a very sweet privilege of living on mission for him and making him known. And I really do think there's nothing more fulfilling, even if we fell at it every day and lose friends over it. I really think there's nothing more satisfying than just living life with the mentality of life is short. How can I make Christ known um, to the people around me who desperately just need Christ and need hope? Um, how can we be part of that and loving on people and ultimately loving on people is sharing Christ with them. And so anyway, we're, we're certainly not complaining that we've got it together. Uh, I just want to make that clear. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Thanks for saying that. Well, uh, it's been so good to talk to you all. It's been encouraging to hear how you guys are living on mission together as a family. Um, and we appreciate y'all coming on the podcast and we will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Reclaiming Families. Check us out at reclaimingfamilies.org where you can find our latest podcasts, blogs, news, and events. We look forward to seeing you all next time.